What's up, startup crew? Are startups too risky in today's economy? It's a fair question, right? And I'm actually referring to today's, well, pandemic, the crisis that we're all living through, that dentistry is living through right now. Are startups viable today? If you've wondered about that question, I cannot wait to share with you three specific opportunities that are probably bigger opportunities for associate dentists than any I've seen in over a decade. Now, I know that may come off as a bit of a surprise because there's so many questions and concerns and confusions going on right now instead of dentistry. But right now, I'm about to share with you an inside discussion that reveals some of the biggest opportunities in real estate just for startup dentists and some of the biggest opportunities in construction budgets just for startup dentists and even some of the biggest opportunities in terms of new patient acquisition that are about to start happening this year. And listen, I know with all the other big issues in the world, this is going to come off as a bit of a surprise to some people, but I want you to have the information. So here's what we've done. Two things. Number one, we've compared the realities today in today's economic situation to the financial crisis of the 2008-2009 financial meltdown that our country had. If you check out your history books, or maybe you can even remember for yourself, that was an absolute financial disaster. And at that moment in 2008 and 2009, there were some of the biggest financial opportunities for startups back then. And I want to share with you some of the similarities that my team and I are seeing roll out right now. So much so that we just had one of our clients, one of our high-level consulting clients who's working with Ideal Practices has already tapped into this. We just got that client, get this, ready? 30 free months of rent. That's right, 30. That's two and a half years of free rent. They're crazy, right? I mean, imagine what you could do with your budget. Imagine the financial benefit that would provide you with your startup if you got 30 free months of rent. Two and a half free years of not having to pay the landlord. What an advantage, right? So here's the second thing we've done. So number one, my team and I compared today's financial realities to the 2008 financial crisis. The second thing we've done is I wanted to document this with dentistry's top attorney and one of the top thought leaders in dentistry. So we've recorded it. And today will be a bonus episode. When I say it's like a bonus episode today, you're going to experience something that's not in sequence with the 13 stages. So far, we've gone through the Startup Dentist Masterclass together, and I've taken you through the process in sequence. But today's bonus episode will be a fresh thought right in the middle of the process so you can see what the opportunities are right now. And if you listen to this entire episode, you're going to see why right now is about to offer Associate Dentists one of the best financial opportunities for startups that we may ever see in this generation of dentistry. So I cannot wait for you to absorb this information, to learn alongside me, and then decide for yourself what your best next steps will be. How does that sound? So here's to you. Here's an encouraging opportunity for you to consider right now on the Startup Dentist Podcast. Here we go. (laughs) 
This is the Startup Dentist Podcast, where associate dentists ignite their journey to practice ownership with a startup that matters. Learn from the experts who have opened more private practice startups than anyone in dentistry, led by your host and CEO of Ideal Practices, Jamie Amos. The founder and CEO of Ideal Practices, a dental practice startup consulting firm and host of the Dentistry's Ideal Practices podcast. Welcome, amigo, Jamie Amos. Thank you guys for having me. Great to be back. Huge honor to be here. There's just so much happening and so much to talk about. And I've already loved this, the conversations that are that are kicking off. Can you guys hear me okay? Just yeah, want to do a little great. sound check. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thank sir. you for having me. A tremendous honor. Very happy to be back with you guys and excited to share some concepts, some ideas, some opportunities, and some twists and turns that can help pe- keep people safe. Yeah. So, Jamie, um, obviously, I think most of us that are in the industry now are realizing that things are going to change after things return to normal or whatever that might be you know, post-COVID and trying to predict what that's going to be and how can people position themselves for that, that post-COVID dental world. Obviously, you are very uh, committed and passionate about startup practices. I've had a number of conversations with clients about the age-old debate. Should I buy a practice now uh, post-COVID or should I do a startup? And I'm really interested to hear what your thoughts and, and insight are on those questions and really where you see startups and where, what place they'll have in the dental world when things start to return. Yeah, great. I love the topic. Of course, I, I love startups, especially because of the impact on communities and the ways that startups give doctors an opportunity to pre-plan and determine the reputation they want in a community, the kind of impact they want to serve with. Startups are incredible. I, I mean, through and through. Uh, we can talk all day and all night about startups, but uh, to, right now I want to be able to share three, I guess, opportunities that exist. Specifically, I'll speak right to associate dentists, doctors who are thinking about stepping into practice ownership, who are not yet practice owners, because the opportunities that I'm seeing right now for startups, as we're forecasting forward 12 to 18 months, the opportunities right now are quite literally better than I've seen in a decade for startups. So we can talk through these three opportunities if you want to talk through these. Um, But I also, you know, while talking about opportunities, I also want to make it really clear I know there are a lot of people struggling financially. I know there are people even watching this or listening to this recording, watching live. There are people struggling maybe with health. Uh, My heart goes out to you. I I can't even imagine what you're dealing with. Uh, So first, I I just want to say I I feel for you. And with that, I think it's important to remember there are opportunities now that all of us can capture. Um, I'm actually one of them. My, My family has been affected by covid um, not in a health way, but we've been on quarantine for three weeks. We're, ne- we're actually, we're now in our third week of legally not allowed to leave our house. <laughs> so there's some interesting news about the Amos family. My wife, Lisa, my son, Mason, and my daughter, Sienna, uh, we've been stuck in this house. But today, for me, today is actually kind of a special day amidst all these questions and chaos that we're all dealing with. Uh, tonight, I get to have a daddy-daughter date with my daughter, <laughs> it, it, even though we can't leave our house. Uh, my daughter and I agreed that we were going to do a daddy-daughter date on the balcony overlooking a really cool view, and we're just going to take the opportunity uh, to 
sit down. And I haven't done this in like a year or two. I even remember when she was little taking her to Chick-fil-A for a daddy-daughter night. But now uh, we're going to do this tonight. So almost as soon as this interview is done, I'll be getting some dinner ready with my daughter. I, I, did, I did a video recently and you know, we have kids the same age and we're never going to get this opportunity again, good, bad, or indifferent and yep. embrace it. And I you know, try to do some interviews with my uh, daughter and sort of saying like, you know, we're, you know, a lot of things going on. We're not stuck at home. We're safe at home. So I always appreciate the Jamie and insight to remind us to embrace uh, the positivity in the midst of all this chaos and broken nachos. And yeah, broken nachos. Listen, there, there are opportunities in every situation and it's up to us as individuals to, to find them and then capture them. And I think it's a little like that right now for startups. Right now, for, for doctors considering startups, there are opportunities that you can capture now amidst all the questions and the confusion where if you want to step into practice ownership, uh, here, here are three of the topics that we can talk through if this will guide us through well. Uh, first is on the topic of real estate. There are some incredible probably once in a lifetime opportunities for real estate, specifically for startups that we can talk through. Second is construction costs, construction budgets, one of the biggest line items in startups. We can talk about construction costs. And then thirdly, we can talk about something uh, that, that's called the searching patient. It's a new patient opportunity that we can talk through that, that is going to change everything about dentistry. Really important that we talk about that today. So how's that sound for three topics? Off. Yeah, run it down there, Jamie. Okay, cool. So first of all, let's talk through the first one, real estate. I was, I want to share with you guys that deals with landlords in the next three to nine months will be deals that some of us tell our grandkids about. I, I mean, some of you were around in 2008, 2009 after the last financial mess. I know I was. And I remember there was this window of time where landlords were like begging for tenants, especially the stable tenants. And if you're considering opening a startup practice, that'll be you. <laughs> If you're prepared, if you're ready to sign a lease and find a location, if you're at that stage in the next, say, three to nine months, you're going to have some really powerful opportunities. What does that mean? Uh, well, probably means something like free rent. You're, you can get more free rent because the landlord is going to need you. You're probably going to get more opportunities for things like free construction. Um, let's call this what it is. There is going to be some financial mess, right? I mean, Rob, you've seen it. Paul, you've seen it. The economists are all saying that the economy is going to be a mess for the next three to nine months, maybe. There are some businesses like maybe nail salons or maybe hair salons or pizza shops. They're not going to make it, right? I mean, some of these small retail establishments that maybe weren't on solid footing to begin with, they're not going to make it, which means the landlords are going to be out a few months of rent from this pizza shop who couldn't afford to pay rent. And then the landlord is going to be out a tenant and he's going to be hoping, dreaming of having a stable tenant in there. The associate dentists who are considering startups should remember thinking forward a few months, there will be this window of time where you'll have an opportunity to negotiate with landlords for what I see as once in a decade, maybe once in a lifetime opportunities, free rent, free construction. So that's the first one. Sound good? Well, Jamie, too, I, I think, you know, not just the pizza places and the nail places, but I hate to say it, there's going to be some dental practices in there, too. Sure. And, you know, so distressed assets, whether you're talking about purchasing a, mm -hmm. a practice that is distressed or taking over a lease or going into space that the uh, the practice went out of business is going to be, it's just a matter of how much it's going to be. It's going to be out there. Um, and how many of those opportunities there will be? And I'll just add in too, not always, you know, this, 
we all, I've been a big sports fan my whole life. And sometimes an athlete will retire like a Barry Sanders at a time where you're like, man, I didn't know that guy was going to retire. And you don't know what other isn't going on in other people's lives, but sometimes their transitions become your opportunities. So that's why it just is continued important to talk to people in your neighborhood because for all you know, maybe there's a dentist who's 58 years old who has saved millions of dollars and he's practicing because he wants to. And now he says, I'm going to retire. And it doesn't have to be necessarily for some bankruptcy or problem. And that's why I just think this theme of reaching out to your neighbors, not physically, but virtually in the dental industry, and maybe talking to the guy down the street who you've never spoken to in 30 years, but now you have something to talk about. Dentistry has been grounded like me as a kid, such a good topic of conversation, right? So I just wanted to add that in, in that I see all those points from pizza shops, distressed dental practices, and sometimes maybe just some dentists ready to retire their smaller practice. There may be some ready to retire. I actually, I may be a bit of a contrarian here. I think there will be even more dentists not retiring than ever before. Could be dead wrong. That's really not my my world. Just as I'm thinking forward, there will be quite a few senior doctors who were getting ready to retire, who are looking at their 401ks or their investment accounts. And they're saying, you know what? Oh, I now need to work another five, six, 10 years to recover. I, I, I think because of that, there may not be enough practices for young doctors to purchase. Uh, frankly, personally, I feel very fortunate at Ideal Practices. I think the next 12 to 18 months as a consultant for startups, I think we're going to be able to help more people establish and plant their flag properly, the right way, really well, uh, maybe more than ever before. I was actually just reviewing some numbers with my team. We, not to give inside baseball, but just this month was one of our best months as a company ever. And it's because doctors are wanting the right path and the proven process to open a startup. So anyway, real estate is one of the big opportunities that I think we should all capitalize on. Jamie, if I could just for a second, because I do want to just speak to this without kind of spoil alert for what my take is on things. But I think a lot of people believe that, you know, DSOs and private equity are just going to take over and this is going to be the end of the, the owner operator. And I don't share that opinion. I mean, all the things that we're no. talking about that you just said, are specific to owner operators needing to make it work. And I'm not convinced that the people that are in the dental industry strictly as an investment vehicle, that those people are going to put in the blood, the sweat, and the tears that's needed to get through this next little bit. So when I talk about distressed assets, some of those distressed assets could be sort of that mid-level corporate group practices that are no longer in the game. And yep. for me, and I've, I've had this conversation with people, that, uh, clients that are trying to anticipate what they're going to do in the next six to 12 months. I still feel strongly, and I know this is your message really as far as vision and taking the type of practice that you want. And that's how a startup really is the true expression of that. You know, I, I think that people need to be careful about just stumbling through and buying the closed DSO office or picking up that DSO list or picking up that patients just because it's there and it's cheap and it's built out. Like that's cheaper in the short term. And, and it's great if it's otherwise congruent with what you're looking to do. But I feel like now is not the time to just find you know, just any old thing. And, and that the importance of really putting your stake, your flag in the ground, as you said, I think, Jamie, and doing it the right way and your way is going to be more important now than ever. So taking over some failed operation is, while it may seem appealing 
at certain levels from a, uh, a cost and construction standpoint. We're going to segue into your next one. Uh, yeah. That doesn't mean that just because it's cheap, it's good. Can I, I'll even jump on board with what you're saying. For, so for number two, related to construction, to your point, I forecast, I don't want to predict because maybe I'll be wrong, but I forecast that new construction dental office, the startup dental construction will be cheaper than existing practice establishments. Here's what I mean. Related to construction, we're about to see a dramatic drop in construction prices across the country. In some markets, we're going to see decreases of about 50%, which is jaw-dropping. I mean, if you think about what that means, if you've got a startup, let's just do the math. What does that mean? You've got a startup that might cost you two hundred or even $300,000 of construction. Imagine saving 50% of that in your budget. Imagine what that does in terms of preparing your startup to launch well. Imagine what that does for your personal finances. Why does that happen? Well, we saw this happen, Rob, Paul, anybody else who was around in 2008, 2009, we all saw this. There were contractors who had a lot of employees. And when times are good, contractors can raise their prices. When times are bad, contractors have the same number of employees and their prices have to drop just to make payroll. At least I know I personally saw instances of this happening where there were close to 50% drops in construction prices. We're going to see that again. Who can benefit from that? Well, for better or for worse, I hate saying it, but established practices won't be able to benefit from that. Established practices will still have their, their existing burden of loan debt and everything else established that they still have to manage, and that's okay. But a startup will have the opportunity to capture these once-in-a-lifetime discounts on on construction. And that window will pass too. That's an opportunity that will be here for just a few months. And then as prices normalize, our country will come back. Our economy will come back. Those contractors will normalize their payrolls and normalize their prices. But as a startup dentist, you're going to be able to capture these incredible savings on construction. A stock at a good price. I'd like to ask you, because this is great insight you're sharing with us. And I know this is such a big part of your life. You've been an awesome you know, friend, speaker, sponsor, dental nachos. I know people who've utilized what you guys do. Been so thrilled with it. But you know, you're building these dreams with people, right? But the most common question scrolling by, asking by, and the one that I say is the question is, what are we going to have to do to our dental facility to make it operational safety-wise? I'm asking you totally a forecast yeah. hypothetical. Have you heard anything about what a, a, a practice, let's say someone says, I'm ready to build my five-op practice, Anything that new for the ideal practice team where, man, we got to put in a HEPA filtration. We got to put in negative pressure. We got to do this. Any insight into that that you've heard? Yeah, really good question. I don't have construction specifics. There, there are no laws or regulations or ADA guidelines on that yet. Th- those things may come. And like anything in life, there will be changes that come. Like, you know, amalgam filters didn't exist 20 years ago, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so, and now some cities mandate that you have an amalgam, an amalgam filter. So things will change. That is true. Things will change. Construction guidelines will change. Permitting requirements; those things will adjust, and and the world will adapt to those things. Posted because you're on the inside doing it. Because I'm just very yeah. interested. Because I think dentists are talking about recovering and getting back to work. All great conversation, but someone has to let us on this golf course with our golf clubs of play. And right now, yeah. we are not allowed. And yeah, I, the guidance that we have right now has been been problematic. Because even right yeah. at this moment, if you go to treat an emergency patient that you determine is an acute emergency, there's yep. no guidelines as to how to protect yourself. And I really feel they're leaving dentists hanging in this second, in this moment, in this day. 
And I'm just really trying to ask anyone to get insight. And I appreciate you sharing, but if you get any more information, let us know. I do have some insight on that topic in general, but but I also want to say for people who want to see these changes happening in real time and keep up with my team, we're launching a new podcast. It's a, it's a masterclass. It's called the Startup Dentist Podcast. If anybody wants to go and you can reserve a spot, we're giving it away for free. It's a masterclass that's a multi-series masterclass that's an audio version at startupdentistpodcast.com. And that will cover things like what are the real estate deals that are happening and how are those negotiations rolling out? Um, what is this 12 to 18 month timeline for startups? Or if you're an associate, you're thinking, you know what? I know the world's going to come back. Yeah. I'm adaptive. I can dodge and shake with the new realities that come into dentistry. I'm going to own a practice. And yeah, heck yeah, I want to start up. Let's do this. For those doctors, you can absorb that information. Startupdentistpodcast.com. The top experts in the world, the top consultants in the world are talking just about startups on construction, on equipment, on marketing, you name it. So what about this third topic then? Excuse me, before you yeah. roll into the third one, you know, yeah. I, there's something that you said that I want to really kind of circle back and, and, and underline for, for our folks. I think that there are a lot of misconceptions that it's going to be easier for established and large practices to weather the storm. Maybe in some cases, but I'm not going to say that from a blanket standpoint, that's the case. I mean, I think that big practices with big overhead are are more challenged today than a, a lean focused startup. I, I yeah. kind of I liken overhead to like accumulating crap in your house. You know, yeah. like you don't move every few years. You're like you just have all this stuff that's been sitting in like some shelf in the in the basement for two decades, you know, and it's like a, it's like a, a draft of something that never even got done in my case, right? But people don't realize is like those groups, they've really accumulated overhead in the same way. The equipment leases for the CT scan and all sorts of other funky, cool stuff that, you know, when cash flow was, was rocking, it was no problem. Yep. But now if those practices with all that overhead are trying to downshift so that they have money to spend in the ways that they're going to need to through marketing and other opportunities that exist, they're not able to do that. You know, a, a startup can be lean. You don't have a lot of people. You don't have uh, high payroll. You, you've started fresh. It's, you just moved into the new house and you haven't cluttered it up yet. That's the startup, right? And all that clutter, though, there's a cost associated with that. And the clutter is analogous, in my perspective, to the established practice, whether you're talking about overpaid bloated salaries, you know, where, you know, your people have been with you for 30 years and that's okay that you've decided to give them increases every year. Paul, we see that with practice transitions all the time. Like the older doc says, you know what, it was just easier to pay them than, than to start over. Right. Yeah. But you don't have all those types of sort of all that kind of baggage and overhead. Thanks, Rob. Before Jamie gets into his third topic, I hope Mrs. Nacho's not um, listening because you've earned me a clean out of my drunk drawer because there's one drawer in our home that I promised to clean out when the time is right. So I think a pandemic quarantine has done it. So now, I, now I'm going to have to do it. I hope I listen. But tell us Mr. about- Mrs. Nacho put me up to that, Paul. Yeah, uh, thanks. Tell us cool. about the third topic, Jamie, with searching patients. Well, I think this, this the third topic even relates to what you guys are talking about with moving into a new house. When you move into a new house, you can establish new protocol. When you move into a new, you don't call it protocol with your kids and your wife, but or your your husband, but you get the point. You don't call it protocol. You don't call it systems. I did, but like, I did, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, my wife loves it when I say, hey, we're going to develop new protocol for the, what? <laughs> um, so uh, it, with a startup, on this third topic, searching patients. What I'm about to say, how should I say this politic in a politically correct diplomatic way? I don't like saying what I'm about to say, but it's true. Uh, I take no joy in saying what I'm about to say, but it's fact. The number one search criteria that patients will use to rank dentists for the foreseeable future will be sterilization and infection control. Mm. Establish, please hear me very clearly. If you're an associate dentist considering a startup, you will have a massive opportunity to serve your community who will be begging to understand how your practice will keep them safe. This is not to say that established practices can't do this, but kind of like the clutter in your old house. There are old habits, there are old systems, there's existing reputation for every established practice. Practices that are five years old or older, I predict that the startups who move into towns with practices that are five years old or older will have an enormous benefit of attraction for patients. And so let me prove it to you. Uh, here in my community, we just had an announcement uh, two days ago from somebody who said, uh, we don't have um, Instacart or uh, Uber Eats in our town, like to deliver the food from the grocery store or deliver the food from the restaurant to your house, right? We don't have that here. However, one guy was- Sounds like the suburbs. Yeah. Sounds like the suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so this guy says, we're starting this right here in town for our little community. I'm going to start it up. It'll be on Friday. You can order whatever you want. I'll deliver it right to your house. It was fascinating to watch this roll out in real time. Fascinating. Uh, instant, there was like a brief burst of like, hooray. Like everybody online was like, yay. But then instantly the tide shifted and everybody said, well, whoa, 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 wait. How are you going to keep your drivers safe? Are they going to wear gloves when they come to my house? Are there masks this? How are you going to sterilize the pizza box before it gets to my front door? Are you going to leave it on the steps? Are you going to walk it up? How do I know that this driver has been tested for COVID-19? These are the questions, not just in dentistry, but these are the questions that are going to change our entire country. These are the questions like, guys, think about this, like be prepared. As a startup dentist, you're going to be able to step into practice ownership and broadcast to your entire community. This is how we do it. Like you will literally be introduced to your community saying, this is how it's done. It, whether it's this thermostat or, or this thermometer or this PPE, mm -hmm. every patient on the planet is going to be prioritizing dentist choice. They will search for dentists based on PPE, based on infection control, based on serialization. So the reason I take me to Jordan to see if he'll let you play that song in the background. I hope people got that joke. I went, well, that, that was Montel Jordan's famous song from the nineties was this is how we do it. So I, uh, I do like that, Jamie. I get it now. Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Jamie, it's, it's, but, it's cool. So what you're suggesting maybe is if, you know, if you have a negative pressure room in your startup and all these other, you know, post-COVID bells and whistles, and, and you have the ability to market that, uh, sounds like an edge over your competition. Yeah. I mean, listen, the prediction is that there will be entire marketing campaigns built just on infection control. You watch, you watch over the next six months to two years, entire trainers, entire consulting companies are going to be built on this specific topic. Startups will be in a very unique position. If you're an associate dentist, you're going to have 12 to 18 months starting today. You get started now, then you have 12 to 18 months to build your systems, build your protocol, build your team training. So when your employees get hired, 
before they get their first paycheck, you're training them on how to communicate this to patients. Here's one of the complications and why it can't work so well for established practices. Again, I take no joy in saying that it's not going to work as well for established practices, but this is one of the reasons why I love startups, because you can give birth to DNA. The day you launch your practice, you give birth to the DNA, all the culture, all the protocol, the trainings, the habits inside the practice. Let's pretend an established practice starts marketing, hey, we're safe, we're clean, we're sterilized. We use the 10 protocol systems from the ADA. Let's pretend that happens, right? That's going to happen. If a patient calls and says, hi, I just want to make sure I'm I'm reading the ADA website. I want to make sure that your practice is one of those 10 new protocol for infection control. If your team is not trained and equipped and capable of handling all those questions, there's going to be disconnective messaging and you're going to lose incredible reputation opportunities in your community. So there's going to be a big opportunity for associate dentists who do startups to give birth with DNA for this. Frankly, it's going to be a tsunami. (laughs) There's going to be this tsunami of patient awareness for infection control and sterilization. So you get the point, but searching patients is a big new patient opportunity that I want everybody to know. I love infection control and actually have you to thank, thank, uh, for introducing me to an awesome friend and sponsor, Linda Harvey, years mm-hmm. ago, who helped us. And I'm very passionate about infection control prior to all this. And that's why I encourage dentists to not go rushing back if you don't have all the right answers and to get your system set first. I'll use an example of my daughter's online school. As soon as the school, every school was canceled, they'd rushed to do online school and they tried hard, but I think they would have done better if they just said a week off. They give kids weeks off for anyone, take a week off, sit with their teachers and get their system set and protocols. I do use that in my family a lot. And I think it's the same thing here. And I'm just, I want to just repeat what you said, whether you're established practice, uh, a startup, make sure you get your system set before you unleash it. Cause you can't walk back a problem and, and you might be trying with good intentions, but don't rush out there. Not prepared. What I'd like to ask as we wrap up with Jamie, do you and Rob though, it, for both of you. So I think what you share, Jamie is awesome as always and inspiring. Actually, do you mind if I give a little disclaimer for all the stuff I just said? Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so of everything I just said, I'm talking about these three opportunities, right? Opportunities that are uniquely specific to startups for associates who want to get started. Now, you will have this window of time to capture these opportunities. But here's my disclaimer. My disclaimer is there is a world of difference between opportunism and opportunities. Like, I think we as a profession need to be careful because we will be one of the professions who will stand tall and will stand strong and will continue to be one of the most respected professions in the country. I want to make it really clear that there's opportunism, which means you're taking advantage of people. You're, you're unfairly making a, a, a win-lose negotiation in the process. There's opportunism that is beneath the industry. That is where the vultures live. They will not exist. They will fail. But there are opportunities. And I want every associate dentist to know there are real six-figure and seven-figure opportunities with startups that did not exist six months ago that will exist for the next three to nine months. And then that window will be closed. And those opportunities are fair to capture. And if you capture the opportunities, you're going to benefit your landlords. You're going to benefit your community and stabilize the small business community where you live, where you want to open your practice. You're going to benefit the contractors who you help hire in this process. And you're going to benefit the team members and the employees when you communicate to your patients, how you can serve them with this new infection control standard. So maybe a little bit like my daughter, <laughs> my daughter and our, our, our date night, our daddy-daughter night here, uh, it, which is just in like an hour. With, our, with my date night, there is stress and confusion and quarantine and 
lots of stuff that will change, but there are opportunities where we can, we can take the opportunities if we keep our eyes open, but we have to take those opportunities because those opportunities will pass. And if we take them, they could literally benefit us for the rest of our lives. Kind of like, I'm probably going to make a lifetime memory with my daughter tonight uh, because we took the opportunity. So awesome message, Jamie. I love that. You know, stay clear of opportunism and opportunities. Also, your date night starting an hour. Sounds like you're going for the early bird special. Smart move in this tough economy. <laughs> yeah, apps are half price here at my house. So okay. there you go. As we wrap up with Jamie, Rob, I want to ask both you guys a real good question for the audience. Great. Startups, acquisitions, just share with me, maybe in 60 seconds or less, the banking and funding for startups. Where do you see that? What do you see happening with that? Both of you guys, the banking and funding for startups. Where are we at right now? Is it paused? And any insight on where it's going in, in a 60 second or less uh, kind of answer there? Frankly, I was scared that funding would pause because that is required to get startups open. We have seen more funding in the last 30 to 60 days than literally any other 30 to 60 day time frame in the existence of ideal practices and any that I've seen in the last, I don't know how many years. So at least present current day funding, uh, the, the banks who understand dentistry are doing a really good job of keeping the, the gears of the economy continuing to move forward. So that, that's my take. Yeah, and I've seen the same thing. I mean, uh, lenders are still in the space. I think, you know, what, what's really going to come down to when it comes to startups, Paul, is what, what David Phelps said at the outset, that it's going to be more than important than ever to do things the right way. And so, you know, we see people that do startups the right way. We see people that do startups the DIY half-assed way. This is, you know, if, if people are hearing this and hearing the message that it's a great time to do a startup, that's awesome if that's the right thing for them. But you know, make no bones about it. This is not the time to do a, a sloppy startup or a startup that is not well planned and, uh, you know, that you just kind of hang out the shingle and hope that people will come. You know, the DIY, the quote unquote, the cheapest startup. I mean, because that, that will not do well. And I, I could actually see a, a world from a, a lending standpoint where lenders even favor more so even than they are now, people working with good consultants and a good team and making that a, a prerequisite to funding a loan just because they realize that yeah, yeah. They, don't, they don't want to jump onto the, the DI. The old school permission slip. You're going to need a permission slip. I like that. You're going to need a... Well, the- the margin for error, you know, David Phelps had, had referred to it. And Rob, you bring up a great point. The margin for error, called, like great term, the DIY startup. There is not enough margin for error with a DIY startup to learn as you go. There's this old phrase where people say, learn through trial and error. With a dental startup, you don't get that wiggle room, especially in the coming couple of years when things will be challenging. There will be even less wiggle room but I can also assure you that the ones who do it the right way, I'm 100% sure based on what we saw this last time the economy had a big mess 10, 12 years ago, the, the startups that launch from here today, the ones who start now and capture this window of opportunity are gonna see the best success stories that we've ever seen in dentistry, serving their communities at the highest level possible. Um, and I mean this, check out Startup Dentist Podcast startupdentistpodcast.com. So you can listen to the top consultants, the top insights specific to startups. That entire masterclass is made just for associate dentists. So if you're an established practice owner, it might not even be relevant to you, 
but you, if you're an associate, startupdentistpodcast.com. Do you mind if I, I made a list of a, a little bit of inspiration related to, um, here, can I read this? Sure. Just real quick, and then we'll, yeah. and then I'll, I'll be done. Okay, Perfect. you can't see it, but here you go. It's your grand finale, like the fireworks, Jamie. I like it. So you're ready? Yes. Perfect. All right. This is simple. It's almost not dental related. It's startup and business related. Ready? Consider. So if you're an associate dentist, you're thinking about a startup and you're like, oh, is this even possible anymore? Ready? Consider that during the financial crash of 2008 and 2009, ready? Airbnb was founded. Groupon was founded. Asana was founded, GitHub was founded, Uber was founded, WhatsApp was founded, Slack was founded, Stripe was founded, Pinterest was founded, Square was founded, and Venmo was funded. What? All those businesses came out of the last mess, but they had to get started. They had to like plant their flag and start moving forward when the opportunities were there because each of these businesses, all the ones that I just mentioned, you can't start those businesses now. Those windows have closed. So I hope that's encouraging to people. Uh, let's do this. We have a kind of an incredible profession for those who want to do it with integrity, great character, and values. The future is bright. I cannot wait to see what we accomplish. Thanks, Jamie. As always, just awesome, inspiring. Uh, someone reminds me of my energy, so thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks, Jamie. And thanks, guys. Everybody, uh, yeah, definitely check out the Jamie's podcast. Jamie's podcast was the original inspiration behind uh, Paul and I doing our podcast. So way back when took cues from Jamie and said, yeah, Jamie's podcast is cool. Let's do one too. So no, I think it was more like, dang it. If Jamie can do it, who can't? I like that. (laughs) I heard Jamie doing, I said, Paul, we can't do this by ourselves. Like let's do it together. (laughs) Jamie does the solo thing and man, oh man, that can't be easy. Uh, But you and I can just wrap, but Hey, you know, thanks for taking the time. Well, thank you to both of you guys for what you're doing for the profession. Like your, your optimism, your leadership, your clarity and your availability, like, you're giving people insight and access into who you are. And the most encouraging words, optimism is found at Dental Nachos, like the Dental Nachos and the Dental Amigos podcast and Dental Nachos group. Man, it's, it is a special place with a really special culture. Uh, so thank you guys for what you're doing. Thanks. Thank you. Join us in the startup crew. This is our private Facebook group dedicated just to associate dentists. In this community, we carry conversations from the podcast into real life, and you get to interact with me and the other experts to consider your future in private practice ownership. Join me in the startup crew. Here's how to get there. Go to startupdentistpodcast.com. You can find the link to access the group there, or go to Facebook and search for Startup Crew. I'll see you inside the Startup Crew community. Take care.